It's a double header these next two weeks on Recruiting Hell, tackling one of the biggest challenges job seekers face. What the heck do I ask my interviewer in that dreaded, do you have any questions for us interview phase? You may feel that if you've had a good conversation that you don't have a ton of questions for them, but making sure that you have a set of quality questions prepared anyway can mean the difference between getting hired or getting that rejection email. We'll cover all that and more here in episode 29 of Recruiting Hell. And next week, to mark our mid-season episode, we'll take a look at the questions you should be asking recruiters and interviewers before the interview as well. It's all here on Recruiting Hell, where we know job hunting sucks. Hello, and welcome to Recruiting Hell. I'm your host, Rob Conlon, here to help you navigate the fires and trials of your job hunt. Now, as you know, this episode is about creating a great battery of questions to ask your interviewer at the end of your time with them to not only show your interest in their position, but also give them a deeper insight into who you are with questions that help tackle their business challenges. The goal of your questions should be threefold. A, get clarity on any points from the actual job description and compensation that are unclear to you. These are, of course, the easiest to write and come by because you have a legitimate knowledge gap that you need filled. B, finding a business problem that they have and presenting yourself as the solution to that problem. This is sort of a medium difficulty type of question. Thinking like someone else and placing yourself in their business that you may have limited knowledge on despite researching them can be a bit challenging. C. Finding the points of the company culture that weren't readily apparent to you in the interview itself. This is double checking and verifying that what's being advertised as their culture is actually what you're getting. These three areas will help provide you, the applicant, a firm base to build your questions on. Now, keep in mind, these aren't the only things that you can ask. They just happen to be what we're focusing on in this episode. A quick reminder before we get started to subscribe to the show across every platform possible, Spotify, YouTube, wherever it might be. Follow us on LinkedIn. There's so much going on with this as we ramp up the show into the end of the year. You're going to be seeing new content all over the place as we push into 2021. So don't forget to leave a review if you feel so inclined. And of course, if you feel like supporting the show as well, you can head on over to our Tee Public page, grab one of these awesome t-shirts, or hit up our Patreon, and we would appreciate you doing so. Thank you so much to those who already do. Now back to the topic at hand. Questions that you ask your interviewer after the interview. Let's start with A, the clarifying questions. Now, an interview is a two-way process, and oftentimes both parties can get a little carried away with one aspect of the conversation or another. Now, this is especially common if there's a really good interpersonal chemistry in the interview between the parties involved. Interviewers can and will forget things, and you as the interviewee may need to give them maybe gentle nudges to help keep them on track and make sure all of the information that you need is presented to you in your limited time together. Now, this is why we're starting with this set of questions first. They're the easiest to write in advance. You can kind of come up with them on the fly as well, and you can actually checklist them. Now, as I'm thinking here, that might actually be another great free download idea 
that's in the works there. Give me some time on that. We'll make it beautiful like the other one. But uh, back to the question at hand. The first question you should be asking yourself when you're headed to a job interview, and this is maybe a teaser for next episode, isn't really a spoken question at all, but it's more of a double check for you as a job seeker. And that's, is this job worth my time? And we're going to talk about that in episode 30 as well. Again, this is a check question, a question zero before we get to the ones that you want to write down. But we'll revisit this later in the second half of this double header. And it may be a potential question that in itself gets asked multiple times and in multiple ways. But Rob, you gasp, we don't talk about financials in interviews. Listen, folks, we are playing to win in this job hunting game. We're going to teach you the way to do it right so you don't come across as a money-grubbing jerk. Now back to what you should actually be writing on your notepad that you take to your interview with you. You are taking a notepad and two pens, correct? Good. Remember that these questions may be answered during the interview, but you want to make sure you find out what they actually are, what are is ticking these boxes for you. And you may even want to check them off. Question one is what additional benefits does the company offer? And this is the simplest and broadest one of these questions, but we can checklist it to make sure you're not missing anything. There are a lot of benefits out there and a variety of benefits that companies offer from ones that do great benefits packages to ones that do bare bones or, or no benefits packages. So we'll do a little list here of benefits to listen for uh, things like health insurance, dental, vision, and life, maternity or paternity leave, vacation and paid time off, sick time, 401k and retirement planning investments, stock or ownership opportunities, company-sponsored continuing education, and whether that's in your field with licensing or higher education, like getting a degree or maybe getting an advanced degree, there are a ton of benefits out there, and they may not all actually neatly fit into some of the categories I've already mentioned. One of my past positions in the firearms industry actually had a yearly stipend to help with the costs associated with firearms training and ownership. It was actually a pretty cool benefit, but I wouldn't have known about it before taking the job unless I had asked the question of what additional benefits does your company offer besides my take-home pay? Now, the job you're applying to may have some, all, many, or a very few of these benefits listed. And hopefully it has some that I didn't categorize, some that I missed, if you will. Step one of this process is to help the company interviewing you show all of the pieces of the job package that they're offering you and being able to check them off or make notes of what is and isn't present at the position you're applying for is huge. Now, continuing with your clarifying questions, during the interview, you should be taking as many notes as you comfortably can, keyword comfortably. Not all of us can listen and write at the same time. It's important though to separate or to set this up rather with your interviewer ahead of time when you walk into the interview by asking to take notes and letting them know that if you're writing, they should either pause, but they still have your undivided attention. Now remember, as we discussed in earlier episodes uh, of this show, we want to make sure that we ask the notes question in a way that prompts a yes rather than a no answer. Do you mind if I take some notes? No. Well, that's starting down the wrong path where they've said no to you once already. You want them to say yes. It makes subsequent no's easier to say. But the same thing works 
with yes. Hey, Jim, I'm going to take a few notes during the interview in case there's a question I have or a point I'd like to chat with you more about. Is that okay? Yes. Literally, nobody sane is going to tell you you can't take notes to ask them better questions about the position that they're hiring for. And if anybody does, I think it's probably time to terminate that interview if that's the case. Now, other questions that revolve around this area would be the benefits themselves. Who does the company cover insurance for? would be a great question about that benefit, as some companies only do employee coverage versus spouse coverage with whole family coverage, things like that. We could spend a whole set of episodes trying to cover every little aspect about asking about benefits, which at some point actually might not be a bad idea, especially if we're trying to cover understanding those benefits as well. But for the purposes of this episode, you are a smart job seeker. You'll be able to decide which benefits you need to know more about, and honestly, what you are going to care about is going to be different from every other listener to this show. Now, the more general advice for that point is going to be ask open-ended questions. Who, what, where, when, and how are all perfect examples of open-ended questions. All of these questions prompt an answer that is usually more than a one-word yes or no. Close-ended questions tend to be those one-word answers. Yes, no, depends, maybe. And just like in sales, during your job hunt, you should be focusing on asking open-ended questions unless you are using those close-ended questions to very carefully set up an open-ended question. And even then, do this very sparingly. So round one is there to make sure you kind of have the, have the nuts and bolts questions. The position details. You totally deserve those. The second type of question is becoming the solution to that business's problems. Now, we talked about this and we visited this in episode 19 with Brendan Kumarasamy. Now, seeing yourself as the cure to the ailment that a business has can take research. You're going to want to identify two to three main issues that a company you're interviewing at is likely to have by combing through search results about that company. You may also want to keep an eye on their LinkedIn uh, to say, you know, what are they posting? Well, this are, these articles that they're posting, uh, what seems to resonate with them? For example, if you're looking to get into the transportation industry, it's going through a tremendous labor crunch right now, you know, finding truck drivers and things like that. Tailoring a question to your interviewer about how they're handling that and how you can help them do so is a great idea. Additionally, another industry-facing challenge is currently is publishing. Educating yourself on niche publishing and asking questions about how current readership trends are heading downwards not only gives you a good basis of research to speak on the topic, but you'll also be able to look to ask how that publisher is increasing readership, which not only gives you insight into how the publisher is thinking about solving problems themselves, but also lets you ask if something you can offer and come up with would be beneficial. Again, set yourself up as the cure to what ails them. These questions will likely have you describing a problem that is common in the industry, say, diminishing readership for a publisher, and asking how your new role supports or helps to fix that issue. If we go back to the transportation industry model, it may come up that the company you're applying for has issues keeping drivers. Having a handful of solutions that are actionable for maintaining drivers is not only great if the interviewer asks you 
how would you maintain and build driver loyalty? But it sounds even better if A, you've got the answer to that question, and B, it's the question that you're asking of them. It shows higher level thinking and the potential ownership desire for problems that the company is facing. Plus, offering solutions so it can help a team remember you is one of those great ideas to help you get hired and keep their business moving forward. Again, giving things away for free sometimes is a necessary evil that we do talk about in recruiting help. I'm not saying help these folks at no charge or anything like that, but a few ideas to help push them towards hiring you, definitely worth their weight in gold. Now, lastly, we have question C, or question type C, I should say, which is amongst the most difficult to create because it does need to almost be done on the fly. During an interview, you're going to be told and asking questions about the culture. First, the interviewer will hopefully actually tell you what it's like to work at the company. And if they don't, be sure to kind of, you know, prompt them. <laughs> questions that should be in your bag of tricks should be along the lines of, how does the company act when X happens? They're behavioral questions. And if you remember from one of our past episodes, a lot of times HR asks you behavioral questions. So putting the shoe on the other foot can be a little bit fun there. Now, for example, if the interviewer says they love and support their employees at Company X, ask them for a specific time when they feel they really did this and how they expressed it. If they respond with something like, well, our longtime custodian lost his house to a fire and the company helped him with two weeks off of paid time and an emergency care package from the, the ownership to keep uh, the roof over his head. Uh, it was $5,000 and we helped make sure that he and his family were back on his feet. That's the kind of response you're looking for that says people care about their employees. Now, that may be a bit of an extreme, ex extreme example. I've seen crazy things like that happen, though, in my career, which is awesome. Responses that shouldn't be construed as caring for your employees generally revolve around workplace safety. And one of the other big questions you should be asking in an interview these days revolves around our good friend COVID-19 and the handling of that situation. If your company inter being interviewed with is stating that they have provided PPE to everyone to help keep them safe during COVID, that's the logical thing to do. That, that's something all companies should be doing regardless. That's not supporting your employees. That's taking logical precautions so you don't get sued, people don't get sick, and that you maintain a safe workplace. But if the company is helping to outfit home workstations at their expense, that's a better example, but that's still a normal business expense. The culture element of this goes deeper than the money that the business would have to spend anyway, and it drills into the actual caring for human beings beyond what they do at work. Digging into this further, you may want to ask also how the business supports the community and what sorts of giving programs they're involved in. If they aren't able to provide worthy examples, that's a red flag as it shows that they aren't walking the walk with their generosity. Asking the questions that don't directly call out this type of mismatch to you is important when evaluating a job. You want an employer that is selling you the right thing with their culture. You're not reacting 
in any way to their answers. You're simply putting them away to do a mental double check for if what they say they do is what they actually do. Again, back to the example about supporting the community. If they say, we are very supportive in our local community, and you say, how? And they say, we put a float in the parade. Well, that's just a rolling advertisement. That doesn't help. That doesn't build community. That doesn't solve societal issues. That's not being generous. That's being self-serving. So we mentioned earlier with behavioral questions that these go hand in hand with open-ended questions. What did your company do when X happened? How did you solve that challenge? How did you support that employee in an above and beyond kind of way? Getting into the habit of asking open-ended questions is really tough. It's not what our brain likes to do because it's the long cut rather than the shortcut. In the sales field, it's the difference between order taking and actually selling by asking a customer what they're looking for and how your product can fix their issue. The questions you write as follow-ups for an interview don't necessarily have to be what we've discussed in this episode, but they should generally fall into one of the three categories we've talked about. Position requirements, which would of course involve role and compensation clarity. Solution providing to a company to become a product that they want to acquire. And cultural double checks to ensure that you're entering an organization that meshes with what you believe and will treat you the way that you expect them to. Now, we're going to put a pin in this, and we're going to have to be at the stopping point for this topic today. There's so much more to talk about when asking this question in interviews, and that's why we're actually doing a second episode on this. If you'd like to provide some of your favorite post-interview questions that you ask to hiring managers, drop them to us via our contact form on the website, or you know what, toss them in us uh, in an email to us at therecruitinghelppodcast at gmail.com or via whatever social media platform you choose. We'll pick a couple of the best ones uh, when they show up and we'll, we'll read them on the show because I think that's great to share with other folks. Now, closing out of the show for the week, remember you can find all things Recruiting Hell at recruiting-hell.com. Again, recruiting-hell.com. A lot of folks grabbing that free guide, six things to end your job hunt for good. And of course, they get exclusive access to our weekly newsletter as well. It's called Recruiting Hell Overtime. It's something I immensely enjoy putting together. And it's quite a bit of fun. I'm thankful to every single one of you who has subscribed so far. Uh, welcome to all of you who did so in the past week or two. We saw a nice little uptick. We'll close the show by moving on to something that's normally at the beginning of the show. And uh, you probably missed it here and kind of wondered why I dove into things. But I think a little format tweak can be really good, uh, if you will. A few reminders for your job hunt. You deserve to find a career opportunity that makes the most of who you are with the talents you were given. You deserve to know about and be protected from jobs and employers that would take advantage of you. Asking for help in your job hunt is a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness. And your willingness to seek help in your job hunt will ultimately pay off. You have the discipline and the motivation to succeed in this task. You can escape recruiting hell, and you are welcome at this table to learn new skills to help you win your job hunt. You can and you will escape recruiting hell. The new year brings a whole bunch of new challenges, and we are doing everything we can here at the show to help you rise to meet them. 
For more from us, you can also find our blog, social media accounts, show notes, and links to, of course, TeePublic and Patreon at recruiting-hell.com to support this show and support your job hunt. As always, big thank you to Purple Planet Music for our themes and you, the listener, for tuning in. I'm Rob Conlon, and until we meet again, keep moving forward with your self-betterment and your job hunt. It's a marathon, not a sprint, and Recruiting Hell will be here to help you keep pace.